are geek-centric, and you can be too. I'm Jayla, but you can call me Justin, and welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our special Behind the Geeks episode for Disney's Percy Jackson and the Olympians. If you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geek-Centric. Joining me for today's Behind the Geeks episode is the mythical god himself, Nate Shelton. How you doing? Good, man. This was uh, this was a lot of fun. This was... Uh... This was a, a really fun interview and getting to chat with these. Uh, I, I, I always love it when we talk to um, kind of the, the younger uh, group of actors because they always they'll always surprise you. They always come out with, you know, sort of answers that it, they, they're always wise beyond their years. Uh, and now I sound like a, an old man saying that. But that's <laughs> that's what I find is that oftentimes, you know, you, you get some of the best answers from uh, some of the folks who haven't been in this industry for uh, nearly as long. For sure. And for today's interviews, uh, which we actually got to do together, which is the first time in person together. Together. Interviews. We got to hold hands. Yes. You won't see it in the actual interview. It's no. Kind of, but we, but we, yeah. <laughs> um, no. And, and I think that the the fact that this is, this is definitely new for us is a new dynamic to have two people on screen uh, or to have two people conducting an interview. Uh, so this was really great. This was a lot of fun for the for the first time doing doing something like this. But why don't you why don't you tell our lovely listeners uh, if they don't know already who we had a chance to talk with? Yes. Yeah, so we had the absolute pleasure to chat with uh, Leah Jeffries, uh, Aryan Simhadri and Walker Scoble. Uh, is it Scoble or Scobell? I guess it would be Scoble. Uh, I don't know. Lean to you on the names. Uh, you know them best. Um, but a huge thanks to our friends at Disney Studios Canada for setting up this interview and, and hosting this event in Toronto. Uh, we really are grateful for the opportunity to chat with this cast. And we had some good questions. It was a lot of fun getting to chat with these these kids about the the series and uh, and, and kind of their uh, approach to it. And uh, yeah, we had some really, I, I think we had some good, good, interesting questions for them. And uh, I also loved how they, well, actually, I won't spoil anything. Why don't we let the, the listeners hear it out? <laughs> yeah, geez, give, give them a chance to listen to the thing before you start spoiling <laughs> everything. Um, no, but I, I, what I love about this, and, and, and maybe this is a good way to preface it, uh, you can see the different styles of interviewing that we have. We call it good cop, bad cop. Is yeah, what and we it's, up to, it's up to them to decide who's the good cop and bad <laughs> yeah. cop. But you have uh, a lot more of those uh, genuinely uh, uh, interesting questions that uh, not people are thinking about, and that's 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 great because I think it it really does shine in an interview like this. So yes, without further ado, here's our interviews with the cast of Disney's Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Hey guys, my name's Justin, and I'm Nate. Hey. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us on the Geek Centric Podcast. How are you all doing today, and how are you enjoying Toronto? Great, it's and uh, I saw some snow. I'm so excited. Yeah, you're stoked about the snow. Morning. See, for us, we're like, no, no it's not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys are not my friends. <laughs> we saw that cool, um, 
that that giant building that goes like the the tunnel. The CNN Tower. Yeah, yeah, the CNN Tower. I want to go up there one day. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you really should do the. You can like do the. You can hang off it as well. You can hang off it. Oh, oh yeah. No. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a thing. When do yeah. people do? It'll yeah. be that one day where the, the whole harness just snaps and I'm not. Like, That's oh, it. No. That's it. Like, <laughs> that would be really but you'd land in the snow. That's true. Yeah. Perfect place to do it. Awesome. Well, listen, we did our research. We know you guys are all huge fans of book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to confess, we haven't read books. Oh, shame. And I, we, yeah, we were, we it's all right. <laughs> but but this is our first introduction to this world. And, you know, you guys being the fans that you are, I, I would love to know, um, what is something that you wanted to bring to this adaptation of your characters? How did you want to adapt what you read from those books, what you loved from those books into this live action TV series? I think that um, Percy's sense of humor is very important mm-hmm. to his character right. and the like, development of his character. So I felt like that was kind of one of the main points I really tried to hit, you know? Awesome. I wanted to bring out her uh, her independence, yeah. really. Um, I wanted to make sure that when I play this part that I show both sides of Annabeth and not just always, like, you know, like when you're watching... Um, um, a show or a movie and there's that one person who's like always like super straightforward and like never shows emotion, mm-hmm. you know that deep down inside, somewhere in this movie, they're gonna break. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that that's what NFF did in the show, but I'm saying that definitely, um, I wanna make sure that I show that she still has um, an emotional vulnerability side to her. Yeah, it's stuff that she's still figuring out too, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's very much the sentiment. Yeah. Up for yourself. Um, I think, among other things, Grover's physicality. Yeah. Um, it, it's subtle, but I got to work with a great movement coach, and we kind of figured out like how he stands when he's happy, when he's nervous, when he wants to run, awesome. uh, when he senses danger, stuff like that. And for a character like Grover, it's all about his physicality. So. Right. Well, uh, you know, uh, Orion, um, Justin, and I are huge Star Wars fans, and we heard that you you folks filmed some stuff on the volume, which is oh, super yeah. cool. I also heard that your first experience in the volume was stepping onto the Death Star? Yeah, a Star Destroyer. Star actually. Destroyer, that's it. Was it. Was awesome. It was really cool. It was really cool. They showed us, uh, sorry for No, me. they showed us like, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they like played, um, I think it was from Boba Fett, right. the show when they were in, cool. I think they were in a Star Destroyer, or maybe it was the Mandalorian. Um, but they like played the, the, seek, the scene that they did, they, they, that they used on the day. Right. When he was walking. Mm-hmm. Like I was yeah, stormtrooper crossed by. It looked so real. So cool. Is there any sort of uh, major differences that you folks noticed in terms of uh, working in the volume versus working on a traditional set? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like when you're working on a traditional set, it depends on what you have there. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it could be just a, a blue screen and then really like you're trying to put an imagination to something. Like, you're trying to see something that's not there. Yeah. And then sometimes you can have a real-life set where, like, you're in a house and they built it all, so, like, you get to touch the things and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then with a volume stage, you have everything there and nothing's missing, but it's not, it's, like, 2D. So, like, you know, like, you can't really pick it up, touch it and stuff. You have to 
act like it's there, but it's, you know. <laughs> yeah. It gives you something to feed off of, though, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's a blue screen where, to your point, you have to imagine something. So exactly. That's, great. that's like two jobs in one with a blue screen. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I think there's a lot of people that would agree with that in the acting industry. Um, now, you guys are obviously not the only ones in this show. You're surrounded by some really talented actors, some veteran actors, even, mm -hmm. some would say. Uh, I wanted to know, for any of you guys, did you guys get any great advice on set? We, we talk about Adam a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, it's because, you know, we had a lot of, we shared a lot of screen time with him. Right. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I learned was from him. He was, it wasn't even like direct advice, I guess, but he was just like telling us a story about like, oh, how he almost dropped his daughter because like his hand like was messed up from wrestling. Right. So he had to get it fused and he's like, this is where I maybe like put it down. Mm -hmm. And it was like, he was just telling us how important family was to him. Mm -hmm. And I think just learning how to balance family and business and like like professional work, yeah. that was a, a big thing that I got from him. Speaking of being on set, I've heard there were some pretty epic uh, pranks both on and off set. And Leah, I'm looking at you because I heard that maybe you were responsible for quite a few of them. You guys did do your research. <laughs> yeah, well, who was the biggest prankster? And then uh, who got pranked the hardest? Mm. That's good. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, no, no, go for I keep cutting you off. Yeah. I feel like Leah is really good at setting like big pranks, but it's just it's so easy to prank Leah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I heard that you pranked yourself essentially. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. almost backfired. That was a great one. That was a great day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, quick thing that actually backfired on me. Yeah. I tried to prank Orion. I tripped over the trash can, oh, and no. then I tripped over the big like not big. It was like a a heavy <laughs> mini fridge. And I literally had a heart attack. I want to start bursting out laughing. No, I hurt myself. True. But Pranks gone wrong. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Definitely. Well, staking in this sort of, uh, I guess, silly mindset, if you will, I've got maybe the strangest question I think you'll hear all day. Uh, Arian, um, your character Grover is a satyr yes. who is half goat, right? Mm -hmm. I want to know, and tell me if you've gotten this question yet so far, okay. but for all three of you, if you could choose to be half of any animal, I what? just asked this question to Walker last night, yes. verbatim. Yeah. yeah, and which half? <laughs> Top or bottom? I have not gotten that question yet. I'm so happy that you asked that. That is a great question. Awesome. What do you think? <laughs> and it can't be go. That's too easy. Yeah. You're already too used to it. That's what we talked about. We're like, it's kind of the perfect one. Would you have a big head still? I think that's the... I think that I think would, it would probably still be the running. running. Yeah, I don't know. Or would like like the lower half scale up? Yeah, well, see, that's the other thing, too. Would it scale up and kind of match? So, like, I would always think of myself as the bottom half as being an otter. So would I be, you know what I mean? Right, so I could swim and, you know, and, yeah, I am otters. Absolutely, my little daughter, too. Swim around Uh-huh, Well, I would choose goat, because we were talking about this last night. I think it's the best answer. Yeah. Like, like, speed, height. Exactly. They can climb on anything. Oh, yeah. There's probably a reason why it is a goat, right? Exactly. Because of that. <laughs> I think other than that, kangaroo. Kangaroo? Okay. Kangaroo. Or like cheetah. Same or cheetah, yeah. Ooh. I feel like I'd be a Black Panther. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. Or Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is pretty sick. That, that is, is nice. pretty sick. That's Very awesome. Cool. That's cool. Okay, so we started the interview by asking you guys, uh, you know, what you wanted to bring to these characters from the love of the books. Now I'd love to know, what do you want to take away from these characters? Or what will you take away from playing these characters? What I will take away from playing Annabeth is um, her, um, how do I explain this? Is her, um, it's going to sound really weird, is her powers. Mm -hmm. Like, with the hat. And when I say that, like, 
you know, like sometimes in life you have to be invisible mm -hmm. to see other, how other people, you know, live. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, in days now when things and stuff, people don't always know what other people might be going through or anything and stuff. And I feel like, you know, with that hat, like at any given time, I feel like I should put my hat on and become invisible and try to see what people go through sure. without, yeah, without other people around and stuff. I know that sounds weird, like a stalker, but if you... <laughs> no, I, I, I think yeah, the, I the sense of, of being <clears throat> observant of other things rather than maybe someone say complacent or just, you know, passing by, yeah. Yeah. being very observant of things. Yeah. How, how about yeah. you, Walker? Well, I was going to say the powers, but after that answer, <laughs> I don't think I can. <laughs> um, thanks, Leah. Uh, I guess... Percy's bravery, yeah. in a way, or like the the fact that he doesn't, if something's wrong, he doesn't just go with it. He mm -hmm. he has to say something about it. Yeah, he can't live with himself if he doesn't. Yeah, I think that's very important to his character. Yeah, that's great. I love mm -hmm. that. Beautiful. I think for Grover, he's a very like empathetic character. He understands what people are going through, and that's just something he kind of understands naturally and on a very deep level. I that's something that I've always valued in him and his willingness to put himself in front of danger for the people he cares about yeah. that's something that I, I i try to at least emulate from day to day awesome you'll stop everyone from doing the the rope thing on because <laughs> yeah. i want to do that too. Oh, okay yeah. <laughs> you'll be right there along with yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the one stopping. there you go actually no i wouldn't even stop i'll just let them do it. i'd be like look that's at it. them too good luck be like at the base yeah. of the cnn tower just i got you don't worry <laughs> I'll be recording. I'll be like, good, good job, guys. I want to do what Jared Leto did in the Empire. Yeah, yeah, you oh, see gosh, that? Gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't do that, Walker. We need you around. We need you around. Yeah. I'll wait till season five. There you go. There, there you go. go. There you go. Tom Cruise on the Burj Khalifa. Oh, yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. Jeans without socks on. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. All three of you are wonderful in the show, and we are very much looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season plays out. Yeah. So, thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And we are back. See, what did I tell you? It was a great interview. A lot of fun. <laughs> great dynamic. Um, yeah. I definitely I definitely appreciate it, given where I just left left off before we got into this interview. Uh, the idea of the introspective. I got a lot of ums and I like made them think, which I don't know if that's a benefit or not. <laughs> but I appreciated the fact that they still delivered some yeah. really uh, great responses to the first question and the last question that really have uh, more or less them trying to. Um, I guess verbalize and vocalize how what what they wanted to bring to the character, and then what they're taking away from the character. I think that that's that's so um, that's so great. Very grateful for the answers that they gave us. Well, I loved Leah's actually. I think might have been my favorite one for that last question there of of uh, you know getting to maybe take away and, and use uh, the power of uh, of Annabeth's hat. And I think the idea of you know. Uh, you know, we're, we're on a podcast, so we love to talk and that's what we do. We talk and we give our opinion on everything, but almost the concept or the idea of, of, of having that understanding to say, no, 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 there are times in life when you have to take, you have to take the backseat, you have to be a, a fly on the wall and you have to maybe just observe and, and see what's in front of you and, and understand a little bit more uh, without any of your own influence. I think that's 
incredible. And that was such a, yeah. that was probably my favorite answer that, that they gave for that last question. Yeah, for sure. It definitely hits that introspective part. Well, especially for a show like Percy Jackson. And again, you're dealing with characters that are, uh, you know, it's a, it's a magical world. It's a mythical world. And so absolutely, you have to find that that personal connection that you have to the character. Uh, and I love that, you know, they were able to even find something that they're able to personally take away. Now, as far as something I took away from this interview, Justin, uh, you and your little otter family, that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty adorable. Oh, um, I, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't really think of a half an animal that, that I would want to go with. I liked some of their answers. I think kangaroo was a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, black Panther's pretty dope. Um, I think, Honestly, I might go with something that flies. If we're talking, because remember we had that whole aspect about like, does it scale up? Does it scale down? If it scales up, I'm going with like Eagle, dude, 100%. I think that would be pretty dope. Ahead of a me (laughs) in the body of an Eagle. Like let's ahead of a me. That's interesting. (laughs) No, that's great. Yeah. And I I really enjoyed, again, I just like the dynamic of this interview, right? Like you get, you get what. I like to do with interview. You get what you like to do with interview by it was just fun. posing fun questions and, and seeing how they how they react to it. Um, and they, I think, I think they welcome the fun questions. I think they've had a lot of probably the same questions or or similar questions throughout uh, this this press tour. Um, even probably the questions that I asked were probably more or less something that they've they've gotten before. And so I think that they appreciated the the obscurity and the 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 hilarity in and around your questions. Well, and shout out to the CN Tower. If anyone from the CN Tower is listening, get these kids on that that rope experience. Uh, do a promo with them. They'll and just ask them to stop calling it the CNN Tower. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not going to hold it against them. I I didn't catch it the first time. It wasn't until the we got the footage. I was like, oh yeah, they they called it the CNN <laughs> Tower. But hey, I'll forgive them. It's their first time into the city. hundred oh, percent. But it's it still was pretty funny that they called it yeah. the CNN Tower. I could see CNN buying the tower and <laughs> making it their own thing. Um, you know, before we kind of wrap here, um, I, I thought I would ask. You know, we we did get an opportunity to see two the first two episodes yeah. of this show. Um, I thought maybe be, as we wrap this this uh, Behind the Geeks episode, we might share our thoughts uh, with our listeners uh, who might be fans of the show, uh, who might be joining us and, and ch- checking out this interview on their podcast feeds uh, to check it out, uh, and our thoughts in regards to uh, the show. I'll, I'll kind of kick it off. I, 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 I believe based on, you know, based on what we were saying in the interview for yourself and, and me, Nate, we, we, we didn't read the books we didn't grow up with this series we we didn't uh have that in our in our childhood um but there's a lot of people that did there's a lot of people that did and this this is uh this is really big for them to have this show uh especially given the fact that the movies weren't well received even by the the original author who is a part of this series rick riordan is is uh the writer and i guess very much the showrunner for this show so there there's a lot of amp and excitement behind this series um for myself personally i did find that these first two episodes uh they do a lot of groundwork um and they're very heavy-handed with the exposition uh to really set things up and i I don't know if that's a benefit or a detriment at this point um i do think that we move very quickly through some important elements um and you know given you know that this is i believe a, a nine or ten episode series uh, there's, there's, there has to be a lot of groundwork to uh, be established. So I feel like they're moving pretty fast in the first two episodes. Uh, but again, this, I recognize that I might not be the audience that this is for. You know, I appreciate a little more time and, and, and 
uh, as Rick has actually talked about, he, he enjoys the idea of, of translating this series into, uh, or sorry, this book into a television series because there's spends, you can spend more time. But even in the first two episodes, I'm like, damn, like we've moved so fast through things. I'm just like, I'm like, it's pretty wild. So I, I don't know if it really hit for me off the first two episodes because I just, I was really noticing the pacing of, of just moving us very quickly through uh, information so we can, I guess, understand more down the road. Yeah, I think it's, it's you know, again, I, I go back and forth myself after, you know, we've sort of talked about the show a little bit and, and you know, um, not being someone who's read the book, you know, I, I'm wondering if the pacing would really, I, I think it's going to be one of two things realistically when a lot of book readers uh, get to this show and, and watch it for the first time where there's going to be, um, there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to absolutely love. I think there's a lot of things um, that I imagine the, the, the movies uh, or sorry, that this is doing better than the movies. Mm -hmm. um, however, I think if, if I had read the books, maybe, maybe the pace wouldn't bother me as much, but maybe. then there's other, there's other, other elements where, you know, there have been moments where, believe it or not, I have read a book, uh, Hunger Games, uh, and gone into a movie and noticed the differences there. And I'm wondering if there's also elements that, um, are being, uh, you know, described and, and, uh, shown maybe way too quickly for some of those book readers who got to spend a little more time with it. Right. Um, and sure. so it's one of those things, like I was talking to Darcy, one of our co-hosts who has, uh, read the books and I just, I just asked him like, you know, how long do they spend on this part of the story? How long do they spend on this part of the story? And some of the things that he was telling me was that, yeah, they do have a decent amount of time sort of looking at certain moments that are a little bit, uh, I don't want to say glossed over, but but they are definitely rushed through. And as you said, there's a lot of groundwork being laid. So I think for me, I'm, I'm really hoping, because again, as we said at the end of the interview, like we are really looking forward to seeing what happens with their characters and with this story. Yeah. Um, I, I am really looking forward to seeing uh, sort of where they go with the with the show and 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 if it if it manages to sort of level out a little bit and maybe start showing us more rather than telling Just telling us. us yeah yes yes the sentiments of show not tell i think is you know we always talk about that uh especially yourself you, you always tend to talk about the difference between showing and telling and a lot of stories struggle with right it's it's easier for them to tell than it is to show there's more questions that get answered uh, when yeah. you tell versus and especially for a show. younger audience right where maybe well, there are younger it. folks who haven't read the books I, I, that do want to kind of get that speed ramp uh, into the action i think that this is definitely a, a, a show that is is for kids it's tailored for kids and and even for the generation that that would read the books yeah the one thing that's really nice is that early reviews for this show a lot of people like it uh, a mm -hmm. lot of people who are fans of the book they're saying that they're they're there there's a lot there so i don't think that this is going to miss the mark uh for that audience i think for myself and, and as you've pointed out maybe we're just expecting a little bit more with the story a little more time with with specific specific elements because it does feel like things are are moving uh very quickly but i will say that the the cast who is we excellent. talked to today yeah. is is excellent is 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 they're the reason you'd stick around and and would want to check this show out because you know they are obviously young uh and and very much the the central part of the story but they're surrounded by some great actors um and and I you know even in the two episodes we didn't get a chance to see 
uh, Adam Copeland, who who is Edge from uh, the WWE, a Toronto-based mm-hmm. wrestler, who is in the show, and he plays Ares, a very influential character in this series. Um, and even Walker has talked numerous numerous times the the Ares fight, the Ares fight, and people have referenced the Ares fight, yeah, in in the books. So I'm very much looking forward to when we get to that part of the show, um, and maybe to your point. The, Things will have leveled out. We won't be so, you know, expositional heavy. We won't be moving so fast. Uh, maybe it'll be worth it. Maybe it'll be worth the, you know, why we why we moved through it. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of like at a, a midpoint with it. Like, I'm interested in checking it out, but don't know what's next. Yeah, I think you actually said um, the uh, gave the concept of like the, being similar to the Harry Potter movies, and yep. I I love that idea. I really hope this series finds success for the audience that it's going for, for those book readers, for for the lovers of of this series. Uh, and I think you know if it can. I mean, uh, Walker even in our interview said you know he would maybe. Uh, go up on the CNN Tower uh, <laughs> by fifth season. Um, and so I've heard him in other interviews say that he is very much, uh, like he said, maybe by season three, season, you know, maybe next season or what have you. Uh, and so it does seem to be sort of the general consensus, um, at least amongst Walker, uh, that they are going to be doing uh, more seasons of this show, that it is going to have a long lifespan. Uh, and I really hope that is the case, because if we can sort of get that similar progression uh, of the Harry Potter series uh, with this cast, uh, I think it would actually be something really, really special it would be worth uh, it. in the yeah. future. Absolutely. It, w- it would be worth it. And to the point of like the Harry Potter example, you know, referencing the fact that the first two movies were very childlike, uh, you know, and, and, you know, they were very tailored to the uh, age appropriate, not just for the audience, but for the audience of the kids, the the age of the kids. So the adventure was a little more teen. There was a little bit of darkness, but as soon as we got to prisoner Azkaban, as soon as we got into more of like them teening, teening up, if you will, uh, the story started to get more mature. And, and that, that, uh, trajectory just kept happening as we moved through the the movies, uh, and I thought that was really smart. It, it almost aged with the characters. The stories matured. We got more. Uh, uh, we got death. We got violence, and and so on. And that was very reflective of of being appropriate for the time. So I, I agree. I think that there is an opportunity with more uh, with with more of um, more seasons to really adapt and mature. And, and take it in the direction. So that is our, our pseudo review thoughts, <laughs> reaction thoughts. Um, but, you know, that is it for this special Behind the Geeks episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, if you enjoyed this interview and we thought you thought it was great, uh, feel free to leave five stars. Or you can reach out to us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on X formerly known as Twitter, uh, at GeekCentricYT, or on Instagram, at WeAreGeekCentric. Also, if you want to see these interviews, you want to see our beautiful faces. Uh, They're beautiful, by the way. Which yeah. and, and and the beautiful faces of our of this cast. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you could do so by checking out this interview, along with a bunch of other interviews that we have on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash geekcentric. We will have some cut downs uh, and some, some, some highlight reels, if you will, uh, that we'll be sharing on our socials, like Instagram and like TikTok, where you can also find us at We Are Geek Centric. Uh, so some little highlight reels, if, if you want to see the, the, the sort of Coles notes of these interviews, be sure to subscribe to us on all of our social handles. Uh, but until next time, Nate, thank you for joining me for this special behind the episode. And as we say, love ya. Peace. Peace.